Hello and welcome to Growing Through Dance, the podcast for everyone who is interested in watching or taking part in dance. I passionately believe that dance is for everyone and that we can all harness our personal dance ability to enable and lead our unique dance journeys. Today, I'm extremely lucky to have Raymond Chai as my guest to discuss all things dance. Raymond is a ballet master, a choreographer, a freelance teacher, and notably an international guest teacher. Currently, he works in and around London schools and studios, teaching a vast variety of dancers, including contemporary dancers, to use their ballet technique to inform and strengthen their styles. Raymond's journey has taken him from his childhood in Malaysia to the world's most prestigious stages and dance companies. Part one of this two-part interview looks at his young life growing up with ideas of being a professional ballet dancer. So welcome, Raymond. Thank you. Thank you. Nice nice to be here, Catherine. Thank you for Thank agreeing you. to do this. Thank you. So, I'm excited. I think it's going to be a very interesting <laughs> time. So let's just go right back to the beginning. And as you know, my podcast is about seeing how dance has helped people's lives, um, what's happened in their dance journey. So I'd like you to sort of cast yourself back and tell us a bit about you as a dance child, um, your experiences, really, how have you turned into a dancer? Um, okay. <laughs> um, I, in a way, it's very fortunate. It's like, I, that's, I don't know why, and, and I, I really don't know why. That's always what I wanted to do. So it wasn't like I saw a dance film and got inspired or saw a performance. I mean, I come from a smallish city. So, you know, if it's like in London, uh, from, from Britain, it might be like maybe a Manchester or a Liverpool or uh-huh. something like that. Those are not small cities, but it's not the main city. So, you know, in Malaysia, you know, so it, it, it's the third largest city in Malaysia anyway. So at that time, um, lots of dance schools because teachers would, would, would study dance and then they become teachers and that's it, you know. So, and not great, not too much exposure. So I, so I don't know why, but I know that I wanted to dance and I wanted to do ballet. So go figure. I don't know where even the ballet bit come in, you know. Maybe the ballet bit came in, maybe, I, I know I did see one performance on stage and people were dancing. I can't remember whether it was ballet or not, but I think at that time in the 60s, it would be ballet because that would be the thing. Yes. So, yeah. um, but I wanted to do it and, and this is so long ago. I think I've asked my parents if I wanted to train. Um, so I must be being maybe nine, 10, 11 or something like that, maybe even 12 or yeah. And my parents were not against it. My dad was not against it. But again, you know, coming from that culture, he was just, he thought ballet was, that's what Western people do. Right. <laughs> do you okay. know? Because in Malaysia, actually, it was the, the classes was given by the, the English army wives. Oh. You know, that was an army base in, right. in where I live. So the army wives from America, from England, would have had their training when they were young. Yes. You know, they got married and then you know, stationed wherever with their husbands. So they would give dance lessons. So that's, my, that's how my dad kind of know of ballet. Uh-huh. basically so he would be he would think like that but isn't that what it is you know those army wives and then they give ballet lessons and I, but i think mainly for him was that being asian uh, a boy he doesn't know so much about ballet anyway so like would i would i have a future yes you know and and if i if i do ballet would would, would my dad and my mom and my dad have to send me overseas um 
would they have the money to send me overseas? You know, if not, then would be a wasted time. You know, that, that was very kind of naive way of thinking, but that's, that's what he thought, you know. So why kind of let him do it? Yeah. You know, you know, kind of what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um, piano, which we all did, was because in you know, middle-class families, that's what you do, you know, all the children learn piano. But that's different, you know, that more people, it's more common, you know. And of course, ballet being, at that time, you know, just girls, and it's like your son, eldest son was to do ballet. So it was all that. So that's why he was kind of a bit reluctant. It was never against it. But I think when I was 12, then there were some teachers who came back to Malaysia, opened a school. And because I was 12 already, I was allowed to go out on my own kind of thing. And I, I would see a, the dance, or hear about dance school and then go there and look. And then probably came back and told my mom, oh, I saw this dance school. Not, and, and I don't think, I don't remember actually kind of like begging them or, or kind of, you know, hustling them to teach me. It was just something that I wanted to do, but they didn't send me... It was kind of the thing. And I think, thinking back, I th- it's really strange, but I think at the back of my mind, unconsciously, I think, I think I knew it was going to happen. I think, because I never, I never kind of went to my parents and said, please let me do, please let me do it. Yeah. So it was almost an acceptance, that, like a passage that mm-hmm. is going to happen. And I saw a dance school and look, blah, blah, blah. And I would come home and tell my parents, and oh, that was a dance school there. You know? And actually, funnily enough, I was just coming up to 13, so it's my 13th year. So at that time, it would be first form. Uh, in the British system, it would be first form. And the teacher just told my mum and said, because my mum was a teacher in the school as well. And he just told my mum, and she said, let him try it. You know, he wants it, let him try it. He'll probably, you know, might be phased. He probably will get tired of it after a year or two. And then at least you let him try it. Because if yeah. not, he will always say, you never let me try. Mm-hmm. So my mom thought, well, I suppose so. And, and bless her heart, she just thought, you know, well, yeah. once a week. But then the teacher realized that I was that mad about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was the only boy. And actually her brother, the teacher's brother, was also doing dance. So there was another boy now. So then she started... Uh, sometimes giving us private classes for boys and, and other times would let us join the older people, the, the, the more. So I would start with grade four. Yes. I think I started with grade four because I was already 12, 13. So after that, she would let me join the elementary class and then the intermediate class, you know. So I think she saw that in me as well. And I would go, I would go. If she said, ah. you can come for another class, I would be there, you know. And you know what? Now come back to my dad, he would drive me. He would drive me to all the ballet but classes. they were very supportive. All throughout. Yeah. All throughout. And, and, and the reason how I got to England to study was because I got a scholarship. And again, it was my doing. Oh, oh. I saw it on, in Dancing Times. Um, they were look, giving a scholarship to male dancers. I, by this time, I was probably 16 already. Yes. And yeah. all you needed was to send it. Life was so much simpler then. All you needed to <laughs> do was to send a picture of yourself. Yes. The pictures, you know, the positions that you, they need to see, your body so and everything. Then was it still the, the first, second and the arabesque? That's right. Thing. And then the, yes. this way yeah. and then all that. Look at your feet, look at your turn up, that kind of thing. Well, I didn't know it was all about that. I just thought you could send those pictures. So I yeah. sent those pictures <laughs> in. And again, everything was so matter of fact. Mm. It wasn't even... Oh my God, I hope I'll get it. Oh, please, please, if I get a scholarship. It was, so that's why, you know, I never thought about it. I mean, when it's happening, you don't think about it. You just do it. But mm-hmm. now, many years, I must have, I, 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 I'm a Christian, so I believe in God. So I, I must have believed that it's going to happen. But I don't know. It, 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 and it wasn't even, as I say, it wasn't something 
I know the passion was there, but it wasn't something like, oh, please let me do it. Please let it happen. It wasn't that. It was like, oh, oh, in the magazine. Because I, I, I saved up my pocket money to subscribe Dancing Times. Wow. So, so I got that sent to, you mm-hmm. know, and you look at it and you see, oh my God, you know, they're so beautiful and I want to do that kind of thing. And then when I saw that, so asked my parents if I can have some pictures taken, have some pictures taken, send it to England. And thank God, thank the Lord, I got the scholarship. <laughs> And, and where was the scholarship to? Rombe, Bella Rombe. Rombe? Rombe School, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And um, actually, actually, it was to Erdang first. I have to give them that, to Erdang, when it was a very ballet school. Erdang uh, mm-hmm. Academy, Miss Erdang, just opened a school in Golders Green. Yes. And then she was um, building up the school. And then, of course, boys is always, you know, Rand. So she yeah. offered a scholarship. So actually it was that. Then I got a scholarship to Rombat, but I got that was when I came. And again I did it myself. I was like, so that my parents don't have to pay. <laughs> so so but 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 the fact that getting a scholarship to come to England, I think my parents again, you know, kind of naive but not stupid. Naive was thought like, well, he can't be that bad if somebody from England, you know, at that time in Malaysia, we were British colony as well. So Britain was somewhere you would send your children yeah. to universities and everything. So it's a good thing. And it's, well, maybe he's not so bad after all kind of thing. You know, he got a scholarship. And I think also then they didn't have to pay. So, mm. <laughs> I mean, I even got a, uh, uh, an award uh, through a different channel of the air flight. So my parents literally didn't have oh, to wow. pay anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that, that sped it up. I auditioned and got a scholarship to go to Romba, um, which I did. And thankfully, um, uh, with Romba, the training was short for me because I got a job. Oh, I got, I got right. into company. Okay. Yeah. You were coming so back to a job yeah, in a moment yeah. then. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just a thought. You were about 16. What was it like then, just sort of just coming to a different country? I mean, obviously you had the dance to focus on, but it, it must have been very strange, or was it just exciting because you it was left exciting. And you know what? I never felt homesick. Oh. Yeah, never. There was not one. I mean, 16, you were a little bit older anyway. So yeah. you won't be like crying for your mom. You could do. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, I was. And also all that time I wanted to leave. I mean, yeah. I wanted to go and study dance. Mm. And, and also it's kind of a rite of passage for most families. You know, it doesn't have to be even middle class or, or mm. rich families. That's what the culture was. You know, the parents would save money and then send the children overseas you know, to Australia. Well, at that time, was a lot was Britain because we were a British colony. So you send your children to, to Britain to, to study. Yeah. The fees were cheaper than at that time. So people could afford it. I don't know. Going slightly backwards from that for a moment. So I'm just interested in, because one of the things that's come out with a couple of other interviewees is sure. the sort of friendships, camaraderie that happened in their initial dance schools. Did you find you felt that kind of sense or was it not? In England or in, when I was in Malaysia? No, when you were still in, in Malaysia. did. But because I was the only boy and because apparently, I mean, well, yeah, the friendship stayed because, you know, there was a period of time when I lost touch with everybody because I was dancing, I was focused, I was in Europe, blah, 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 blah. But it all got reconnected. And actually, uh-huh. you know, they're my friends now. So I visit them and one of them, we were just talking a couple of years ago, actually. She just said, oh, we knew you were going to make it. We knew because it was, you were so focused. I didn't know all that. I was just, you know, classes at two o'clock, 
I'm going to go and do it. You have to do three pirouettes, you do three pirouettes. It was wrong, you do it again. You know, I was that focused, I think, you know. And I think the girls, it was just a ghost at that time. Just, you know, but we were friends. Um, um, But but again, at that time, I I, I didn't drive, although I was really 15, 16, well, you don't drive at that time. But, you know, after class, my dad would be downstairs waiting for me. So after class, you leave, Mm. kind of thing. So um, there was no going out. But, but that wasn't a culture anyway no. at that time. You know, no. 15, 16, you're still you're living at home. And, and also my mom, because she was paying for the lessons, that was a big um, stipulation. You, will, you can continue your ballet lessons so long as your grades in school doesn't fall. Good. It's funny, she never said that with the music lessons. She never <laughs> said, like, your music lesson will go. It was always the ballet lesson, you know, <laughs> because she probably knew, like, the music, I think the music, the piano lessons, the, the, the ballet <laughs> one is, a, that, that, that's the one. So, so that was that. So, uh, you know, then, then you, because we have O levels as well, blah, 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 mm-hmm. at that time, you know. So um, when it finished, and I was one of those people who, you know, in school, I was also part of the dramatic society and I was a swimmer and I was, a, so there was a lot of things happening. So I was in the school productions basically. Uh-huh. And the school where I, I think that's where I got the love of performing. Yes. The school that I went to is a very, it's a very well-known school, but it was very, very well known for putting on West End musicals or Broadway musicals, you know, Rogers Hammerstein's kind of musicals. Yes and Shakespearean plays, right from the war years. It was, uh-huh. it was a British school that, that then became government, you know, but so it was opened by, um, I mean, founded by, uh, I think he's Irish actually, but, but you know, the missionary, missionaries that came to Malaysia, so it's that long ago. Mm-hmm. So when they came, they, they opened a the school, blah, 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 and then the school grew. So when I was going to school, it was a well-known school, and, and the, the dramatic arts were very, very important. Not musical instruments. Well, well, we did. They have a band and all that kind of thing. But drama, singing with the school choirs will win competitions and things like that. So again, you know, you say something about dance, um, although it wasn't dance, it's the performing arts, how important it is for young people. That really, really, really set us up. I mean, now I talk to my old school friends, you know, not, not ballet friends, yes, or people yeah. that I went to school with. How character building it was to be there to be part of the performing arts that's why you know i really i'm really passionate about the performing arts Mm. needs to be in the curriculum it doesn't mean that Mm. that you know you're going to train people or you wouldn't have to have the level of training people for the profession you give them that taste and with the professional, with the performing arts, you, you know that. You, yes, you, you learn absolutely. teamwork, you learn responsibility, you learn all that kind of stuff going. Um, you learn rejection, because I was rejected from the choir. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was like, you know. So, so yeah, anyway, and there was that. So I think there I, I got the love of performance because every year they would have two productions, a musical and a Shakespearean play Excellent. or a Bernard Shaw play, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So that's the legacy that, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with colonization, but the British colonizers, because they gave us all that. And, and we were all growing and it would be the, the most normal thing. Do you know, I think August is always a musical and I think April is Shakespearean play. So the teachers will be part of it. Students will be part of it. And, and it's not like students playing all roles. Huh? The old roles, the roles of mother, fathers are played by teachers. So it's oh. really that. And, and a good quality, because I, I, I look back and it's a good quality. So I think that's where, I, and they do things like Sound of Music, King and I, you know, um, Carousel that I was in, Fiddler on the Roof, that, that gave me that, that I love to perform. I wanted to go on stage. And then when, the, when I was allowed to go on stage, I went on stage. Mm. So 
the, the performing bit, I think that, and then ballet was just, I don't know why, but it was ballet. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's really nice. And you sort of covered some of the, the moments that you really enjoyed from it. And it shows that it sort of set you up for yeah. later to be your professional career. Yeah. So let's go back to your professional training for a moment then. So you found yourself um, at Rambert and, and you mm-hmm. just alluded slightly to the fact that you didn't stay there the full time. So tell yeah. me, what, well, what was it, the Rambert day like? No, no, no. I'll tell you what, that, that's, <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Royal Ballet School. Always. Uh-huh. Yeah, because that's the one you hear about. Yes. You know, I, I've, come, I've come to terms with it so I can talk about that. So anyway, so I got, well, I got to Erdane because, because they gave me the scholarships. We got there and then I was there. Then I wanted to go to, so I auditioned for the Royal Ballet. No, then there was a teacher at the Royal Ballet School who also taught at Erdane. The teachers at Erdane were fantastic. The ballet teachers were absolutely fantastic. One of my best trainings I have there, you know, all the teachers. I don't know how it, she told me, he goes, probably can get you into Royal Ballet School or you probably can get in mm. but maybe because of my age I think I was already 18 at that time he yes. says you go to second year yes yeah. now that would be a great thing wouldn't it when you think it about it oh I'm good in good for me it was like oh second year but but you know the so second year and then the third year so I would not have two years training but to be a really good dancer, you need three years, you know, that kind of thing. So that, that was, I mean, that's how naive I thought. I thought, but I wanted to do three years because that would make me to, you know, my mind would be, that would make me a good, a stronger dancer. So I, I want to, I don't want to go to the second year because I think he did say because of your age. So I thought, well, that can't change because no, I was really okay. 18. So then I auditioned for Romba and Romba just accepted me. So I assumed that would be, you know, you just go. So, and Rombe was moving. So, so I took Rombe. I thought, okay, then I'm going to get my education, you know, the three years. And then, so I went and joined Rombe. I mean, literally it was first term, I was in the first year. Yeah. And the second term, I was in the second year. Oh, wow. And the third term, I was in the third year. But I very didn't even finish track. the third term. It was very <laughs> fast tracked. But I didn't even finish the third term because thankfully, I mean, really thankfully, before I finished, it was, I left in March. So I was supposed to finish um, in June, July. That's when you finish. Yeah? So in March, I got offered a job with the National Ballet of Portugal. Oh. Um, and I thought, and I thought, you know, well, that's a classical ballet company. Yes. I, want to be, I want to be a classical ballet dancer. And also, most importantly, I knew a girl. She's the most beautiful. She's beautiful anyway, but she's the most beautiful dancer, Filipino girl. And she went to Royal Ballet School. And she, was, she got into National Ballet of Portugal. Right. And I thought, well, firstly, and she's fantastic. And I thought, well, you can't be that bad a company because <laughs> Christina went there. <laughs> she went to ABT after that, you know, and I think she's still with ABT now, but as an administrator now, you know, obviously, you know, yeah. stop dancing. So I thought, oh, that's a good company. And they were doing La Sophie, which is a romantic ballet that I know. Yeah. And the, the, the person who kind of saw me doing open classes it's a celebrated dancer, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I knew. And also, you know, when you're 17, I don't know, I was 18 at that time. That was, that's a job. Yes. With yes. a classical ballet company. I mean, I literally did not even know where Portugal was. I knew it was somewhere near Spain. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you this too, because it, it's kind of funny and good. This is pre-9-11 days. So they told me on a Friday, they say, we would love you to join a company. And at first it was only for six months because it was literally actually for the production of La Sophie. They needed two more boys, basically, yeah. you know. So, and it was March, it would finish in the summer 
And then, you know, if they like me, we'll continue, you know, I can come back in September. But yeah. that never crossed my mind. I was like, I got a job in a ballet company, I'm going. And I'm on my way. Yeah. And I'm on my way. <laughs> and they actually said, I got the job. They offered me on a Friday. It's always on a Friday. Another job, you know, later on in life was like that. They offered me on a Friday and then said, uh, if you go to Heathrow Airport, on, on, on a Sunday, there will be a ticket waiting for you in your name and you will fly to Lisbon. So that was how it went. And this is so pre 9-11 for the people, mm-hmm. your listeners who are, yeah. who are yes. pre okay. or post, yeah. you know, that happened. So Raymond Chai was like, wow, I got a job. Told my parents, I've got a job. You know, mm-hmm. I've got, I made it. I've made it. <laughs> I'm going to be a ballet dancer, literally. And packed my bags and went to the airport, collect my ticket, arrived in Lisbon. I arrived in Lisbon on a Sunday morning, went to immigration and they say, where's your visa? Uh, And I said, what visa? I mean, I was that naive. What visa? They said, a visa to come into this country. I was like, oh, but I'm going to join the National Ballet of Portugal, really proud. And that's even worse because then you need a work visa. (laughs) It's not even a tourist visa. So so I would, and that time I was like, but uh, look, I've got a contract. And, you know, it was just that. Again, it wasn't even scared. Simpler times. (laughs) Simpler times. And you know what happened? I mean, this is even better. Um, So they called this on a Sunday morning. The airport officials called, I know it was a national ballet, so it was the Ministry of Culture, so there was a government thing there, you know, kind of affiliation. Mm. But, but the, 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 the directors and everybody was not governmental, and it's a Sunday. So anyway, they called the assistant directors, or one of the board of directors, on a Sunday morning, and said, we have this Asian boy here who's going, to, who's going to join your company, he doesn't have a visa. He comes to the airport on a Sunday yeah. morning, talked to the officials, and then I was allowed into the country for three days so that they can process my visa. Ah. I mean, it, I mean, exactly. <laughs> it wouldn't happen think now. About, it <laughs> wouldn't happen nowadays. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that was once with Ballet Black. They even put, a, a, I think they spelled my name wrong at one thing, and that ticket was totally invalid. I mean, 300 over pounds, it was thrown out because, because the, the name was, doesn't, it doesn't um, kind of uh, respond to my passport, correspond to my passport. So it wouldn't happen now. So that's how I got in. I got in and instead of six months, I stayed for eight years. Gosh. That's <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. You must have done loads of major um, ballets in that time. Well, not well, major ballets, not major roles, major yeah, ballets. Yeah, no, I know. I, I understand the ballet system of how get up to the major roles. Yeah, yeah. The we did great. Ballets themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, or were they and, not a classical company? In, in it, you know, it was a totally classical company, but at that time, um, I mean, it was big already, and now it's about 70, 80, but at that time it was like 35, oh. coming into 40, so fairly big, picking mm. up. Uh, La Sophie was their kind of first big full-length production. That's why they needed extra boys. Yes. Um, but they did a lot. The director at that time, now coming back the way I look at it, he and I were looking... We were we were on this kind of same wavelength about how rap should be, you know. I mean, you're talking about the 70s, 70s? Yes. 80s, sorry. Yeah. Oh. 80s, talk about the 80s, oh. early 80s. You know, I mean, the girls would do serenade to open the, the, the program and they will do an Alvin Ailey piece in the middle. You know, total, total contemporary barefooted and close to Raymonda Act 3. You know, so at that time, Quite you know, it, it was very diverse. <laughs> yeah. um, we were all expected to 
uh, I mean, we didn't know it at that time that it was being diverse. We just did what we were told, yes. yeah. but and that was the program. And we were young and we were excited, so we wanted to do it. But when we when you when we think back now, you know, the fact that as I say, they they would start with Serena balancing ballet, being all balancing and all that, you know, and then take off their point shoes and then run around with head down and roll around the floor, you know. And at that time, nobody questioned. It's like well, we didn't have anything to pitch against. Nobody would say like, but we are a ballet company. Why? Why are we doing contemporary? It wasn't that. It, and, and of course, you know, when you're young, you want to do as much as you can as dancers, as artists. So we we would do. Um, but looking back, and I thought, you see, he danced with uh, my the, the director at that time. Danced with the Le Grand, Le Grand Ballet Canadien. So uh-huh. he was on the principal there. So and that company was very varied. He did a lot of balance sheet, so that's why he likes balance sheet. And it's American, so they have that, you know, triple bill focus rather than just the swan lakes and just the nutcrackers, you know. Of course, we mourn all the time when we were there. We mourn about the country, we mourn about the rap, you know, we mourn, we never doing this. But looking back, it was not, there, was, there wasn't any better training ground for me. Really, and, mm-hmm. and I can safely say, as a teacher and a choreographer, and, and also as a coach, it was all my time there because when I was, but I was a bit like that as a person. I'm very, I like to, I like to learn things. I, I, I'm very curious. That's why I, 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 I could coach girls solos even better than coaching boys solos mm-hmm. because I've watched so many, like when they do Paquita, when they do all the girl ballets that the boys are not involved, you know, we could go mm-hmm. home. Yes. <laughs> or we just hang around and watch, you know. I mean, in the summertime, I'll be at the beach. But the winter times, when, when it's too cold to go to the beach, I'll be watching. So, I mean, I know all the solos from Paquita. I know, and it's not because of, you know, the, the night. It's because I, I was there. I saw how they were coached. And, and it really set me up as a choreographer, teacher, uh, ballet master, and definitely as a coach. Because I was just talking to a critic, actually, about, about the, the Aurora thing, you know, the third act Aurora solo and everything. Yes. And I said something like, I learned it by watching so-and-so do it. And of course, because that was the only way I could learn it, because it was never coaching me, <laughs> because Aurora said that. But I was there, I heard choreographer or the person who was setting up the ballet book, you know, and, and that, I never even wrote notes down. At that time, it was just, you know, you've got nothing else better to do. You're in Portugal, you know, it's yeah. not like you've got, you know, all your friends are in the company anyway. You don't speak the language. Mm. So, you know, you know, and we, we were too young and poor to be shopping. And you don't think about shopping. You don't think about, oh, I'll go shopping. We don't have, we didn't have money to do all that anyway. Dance was so much of our life. Sometimes when you have class one rehearsal and you finish at two, you could go home, but when you're young, you, you got energy. So I would stay, um, I would learn the girl solo sometimes yeah. at the back if I know that that's allowed, you know, just, it was for me, I think at that time, it was almost that like one day when I need to know this, I will know it yes. kind of thing. Although it wasn't so deep. I mean, I wasn't planning like when I become a repetitor, that's going to happen. But, mm. but that was already playing in my mind. So you actually were building your attributes for your next chapter, really, weren't you, without actually knowing that? Yes, next, next. I mean, I, mean, I, I did a lot more performing in, mm. before this. But, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. So after, you said you stayed there for eight years. So after that, where did we go next? After eight years, um, when the director wants princes, 
and you're not tall enough to be a prince. Uh -huh. well, getting the solos is, is nice, but at that time, you know, as a classical dancer, you, you see, you want prince, you know, that would be your thing. If you haven't done a prince or get to be that, you're not going to be promoted, you're not going to, you, you're not going to get anywhere. So anyway, after eight years, we were allowed to take a year sabbatical with, I think with full pay, I can't remember that, but definitely your place in the, in the company. So, and that's what, I think I might be one of the first ones to do it because I thought that was very devious. I thought, well, I'll just take that time off. I still have a place. I've got audition everywhere, you know, just to see. So I came back to London and trained, you know. I thought, you know, just come back. I, I would come back every summer anyway to take class and train. That's what you do. So I came back, I did class. I worked in a restaurant to earn extra money, all that kind of thing. And one day, I mean, that's why I'm saying Providence. One day I was in dance works where I teach also have a class now downstairs studio because as I was walking past dance work, I, I know dance works anyway because I was taking classes as a dancer there, but outside uh, there was something like a board and it says an announcement saying, oh, rehearsals for fame happening downstairs. And I went, a friend of mine who I went to school with, um, she later went to dance with Theatre of Harlem, Martha Graham, Alvin Ailey, you know, illustrious career. Mm. Carol, I, I want to say her name, Carol Straker, because people don't think about her. She was, you know, British girl, at that time, black girl, yeah? And literally, the three big companies in America, yes. a British girl, she did it. Wow. You know, Dance Theatre of Harlem, Alvin Ailey, and Martha Graham, she did it. You know, anyway, I knew she was in it. So I went, oh my God, I'm going to see if Carol's downstairs rehearsing. So, I mean, again, it seems like a fairy tale. So I went downstairs. It's, I don't know if you know dance work. It's all mirrors it's when you look, you look into it. So I was looking through the mirror, going, trying to find where she is, looking for Carol. And I got a tap on my shoulder. I don't know if you heard of Jennifer Mueller. She's a, she's a well, she was a well-known choreographer, very well-known contemporary choreographer. So she was a choreographer for fame. It was a musical fame going on. And I think it must be the company manager or something. It was this guy. He says, are you here for the audition? And I actually turn around and say, no, I'm a ballet dancer. I'm not auditioning for a musical. Can you imagine? Yeah. So anyway, he goes, oh, well, we're looking for ballet dancers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because it's fame, you know, it's a school of performing arts. So I went, okay. And I know musicals. So it wasn't like, what's a musical? In Malaysia, I did musicals. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. And fame, we've all know about fame. Antonia, who became my friend, the, the ballet girl in the film, you know, now she's a friend. But, you know, we, we, we were stunned by her. You know, I was like, oh, you know, to be in fame. So they're doing musicals. So I thought, okay. So I auditioned, got a job. So I thought, wow, I got a job, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But, and again, story of my life, this will be continuous. Three months before rehearsal start, project fell through. Backers pulled out or something, project fell through. Yeah, so, and I thought, mm, whatever, you know, fine thing. Then I stayed on a bit. Then I thought, then I think, I, I, it's a bit blurred now, but I think I might even went up some auditional cats because people were saying, people were saying like, oh, Raymond, they look for ballet dancers in cats. So I'm like, oh, okay, let's go. I'm a ballet dancer <laughs> kind of thing. And then I thought, well, if I train my voice, I have a better chance. So I worked in a restaurant, earned some extra money, went for voice lessons. And th at that time, then I was, had to go back to Portugal because the year was up. Yes. But then I thought, I think I need to leave. Mm. I, I think I need to make the move to leave because if I don't do it, I was, I think, 27, 28 at that time now. So I thought if I don't leave, it might be a bit too late. I, we had a great time in Portugal. I mean, now coming back, you know, can you imagine Portugal? Yes. It's just a I mean, the country was not quite as beautiful as it now. I mean, it was beautiful, but now it's affluent. Now it's just paradise. But at that time, it was a bit more rustic, but it's still beautiful. And, you know, you, you, you have a good life there. But it's like an ex-colleague of mine who danced in Portugal. We just spoke a couple of days ago 
it's where you want to retire, not where you want to start oh, your career. Okay. <laughs> so you only want to end your career. So I thought I have to leave. So I, I, I did the move and I mean the courage and I just came back to England. It's easier when you're young. You don't, you don't have much responsibility. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. And then one day, again, Providence, I was in Pineapple for an audition. So we were downstairs changing. And, you know, you talk and then somebody was saying to me, so what are you here? Which audition are you here for? So I said, oh, I'm here to audition for Ziegfeld Follies. And the guy looked at me and go, you be serious. I said, yeah, because there's an audition upstairs. In whatever mm-hmm. is, they want ballet dancers. It's the word ballet. They want ballet dancers. Um, and they said, Raymond, I think you're a little bit too short for Ziegfeld Follies. The girls are taller than you. That never, never crossed my mind. You see, that, in a way, that's a good thing. Things like that never crossed my mind. Oh, I might be too short. Oh, I don't look right. Or, you know, oh, I'm Asian. I'll never... You know, if, if I think like that, I would have never gotten a job. So I just went, oh, do they want tall boys? <laughs> kind of thing. And then he said, well, the girls are five foot eight and above. So what do you think? So they told me, they said, but the RSC is looking for dancers for their production of Kiss Me Cake. Also upstairs. Why don't you go for that instead? So then I thought, okay. So I went for that. Uh, I got a job, thankfully again. I mean, I think RSD wanted, they wanted to kind of, at that time, break the grounds, you know, not just have a white, all white cast, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they wanted, they wanted Asian. Were, so, were these yeah. open auditions? Open, open, you just open. walk in. Yeah. It, times okay. were simpler then. Yes. Just yeah. walk I mean, in. It's so difficult to get a... a exactly. Now you don't have an agent, you do, but yeah, you just, literally, you just walk in. You just, yeah. you know, go in, sign in. I don't even know you, well, you must have to give, to give your name or they give you a number. And I was with them, my first Western show, worked with incredible people, learned so much from there. That's just the beginning. That's just yeah. the beginning of phase two. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're into phase two now. For doing You're welcome. Okay, thank you for um, allowing me to talk. If you have enjoyed today's episode and you don't want to miss out on part two of Raymond's incredible journey, then please remember to subscribe or follow the Growing Through Dance podcast drop me a review and share the episode on your social media. You can also follow All Things Dance on our Instagram at Growing Through Dance Pod. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Catherine Lucy.